Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Today is a special edition of the Pete and Pat Picks Pod on SST, featuring Pete and Pat making picks for the pod. Pat Boyle. What's up, dude? What's up? Pete and Pat for the pod. Pot for the um, no pot. Just, just the pod. Just picks <laughs> for the pod. Uh, coming off a 9-1 and one week, Pete and Pat on the picks for the pod. 9-1, and one, Pat Boyle. That's pretty damn good, ain't it? Now I'm loose as a fucking goose. Oh man. my god, you're gonna drop. I'm ready to keep, dude. Ooh. I mean, hey, when you when you're making money, you get to say whatever the heck you want. That's true. There's no hecking around. No hecking around, man. You get to say whatever you want, especially you, five and zero, oh, brother. I mean, I don't know. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. So I was five. Oh, no, no, I, we're definitely staying grounded. But you let him hang out last week. I mean, no, you know, well, don't you, let the folks be remiss about what happened. You you are allowed to maintain a level of confidence due to your, you know, year long success, or at least since we started the pod, uh, the picks pod, around week like eight or something like that, week nine, I forget. Um, you've been pretty hot. Only one losing week, sitting in five or six weeks now. I've only had one winning week, and that was the most recent, which happened to be 5-0. and So I am very proud of that. But I'm not ready to let it hang. I still have one heck to give. I looked around, and I've, I found one heck to give. Uh, found one. And, yeah, not, I'm not, I don't have a lot of hex to give. It's not no hex given. It's one hex given, just because I want to make sure I, you know, I don't, I'm not a one-hit wonder. Now, I will say, and this is a, a bit of a humble brag, and it really is pointless because... There's no receipts other than, you know, my FanDuel receipts actually do exist. But I was also 4-0 this week. Two on Monday, one on Tuesday, and then this Thursday hit the Rams as well. That that must mean I, I must be due for a regression now. Again, right? well, I was so due for a regression back to good. Am I due back for a regression to bad now, or am I just getting in my own head before we started? Don't get in your own head. There's no, it doesn't have to be regression. If you maintain a level of excellence, you hit your peak. Then you sustain that peak. Oh yeah. So I think you're set for another winning week. I think you're going four and one at worst here, man. Oh, I love that. I needed a little boost there from my guy Pat Boyle. Uh, Come on, I, get a rocket up your ass. I would, I would recap our our season totals, but I honestly, I, I'm just ill prepared right now. Do you know? Well, I remember, th- there was the one week we didn't put out a pod. We still tracked our picks. Yes. And if you count that week, I believe I'm 17 and eight. Oh my god. And if gosh. you don't, if you don't count that week, I'm 13 and seven. Nice. Wow, that's, that's I, yeah. Which would make me, I was, I was, I think I was like five and ten, not counting the week, and I was seven and thirteen. So that makes me now twelve and thirteen. Do I hear five hundred on the dock, Pat? I think we do. Not quite. I think we are. I think we are above five hundred after next we week. A, Love that. Four, I think we got a little four nugget piece coming out of you again here, Pete. So there we go. I think we 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 go there. You're well above five hundred. I'm teetering. And we like to hear that. So why don't we just do this, Pat, and get into the damn picks and start making some money here? So why don't you start us off as you do with your teaser methodology and your winning methodology? Continue. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, give give the people what they want. Enough, uh, you know, hecking around here. Let's start giving picks. And again, for those of you who are new and you happen to, you know, drop by Subway Sports Talk on Instagram, 
or you hear the commotion that's been going on in the tri-state area, you say, hey, these two guys over here <laughs> want a shit ton of money. I'd be stupid to not get on board. So the methodology I've been going with, the same game teasers, six to seven points on average on the spread, six to seven points on average on the over-under. My opinion, it gives you a, a better, you know, indicative feeling of how a game goes to where the point is if you nail the game, you're going to get it right um, and, and not get screwed over by a backdoor cover. So why don't we go ahead and start in Jacksonville, Florida. Beautiful Jacksonville. It's beautiful weather, but the football that's played there is quite atrocious, Pete, and Jacksonville is headed towards the number two pick, possibly the number one, if the Jets find a way to blow themselves up. Uh, but they have given up, on average, you know, 27 to 30 points a game all season. It's a defense that's been depleted from the get-go. It's an offense now that is basically outwardly tanking. Doug Marone's going with Mike Glennon again. Gardner Minshew has been healthy for a couple of weeks now. But they continue to go with Mike Lennon, and above that, the offensive line is looking like they're going to be missing two starters now with their left guard, Andrew Norwell, who's been on IR. Their center, Brandon Linder, is going to be out. Again, we know how banged up the defense has been. They shipped away in Gakwe. Josh Allen's on the IR. Uh, there's questionables and IRs all over the secondary, and this is a Tennessee Titans team that's coming off a blowout loss. It didn't look like it, the final score, but for the majority of the game, blown out against my Brownies. This is a spot where they need to keep the pressure on Indianapolis atop the AFC South. They're going into it against a team like Jacksonville, who gives up a crap ton of yards on the ground every game, 137 yards given up on the ground per game. That's amongst the worst five teams in all of football. And uh, Pete, uh, refresh my memory. What is Tennessee? What do they do well? I, I, I forget. I forget what they There's do this guy well. named Derek over there. Yeah, Derek Henry. They run the football pretty damn well. They're going to run all over Jacksonville. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, all healthy. Jonu Smith comes back. He didn't play against Cleveland. The offensive line now, Sands, uh, Taylor Lewan is all but healthy. And the defense has gotten a lot of guys back this week as well. I don't think this is one where you really have to, uh, you know, worry about it. Tennessee should – they. I think they cover the actual spread, but I'm giving myself the insurance with the teaser. Let's go Tennessee minus two and a half. We'll tease the over down to 46 and a half because we've seen Tennessee's defense. They have the, the tendency to still give up a lot of points, but they got a pretty damn good offense. I expect them to gash Jacksonville for 30-plus, uh, and let's go Tennessee minus two and a half, over 46 and a half. And currently, as of 4 p.m. on Saturday, that'll get you minus 109 odds. Love that. And Mike Lennon has been, you know, sneaky, been competitive. So for that over, at least there, you know, it starts to help you feel a little more comfortable with it, right? Because in theory, you're like, oh, the Jaguars stink. They can get shut out, you know, 30 to 3, 30 to 10, and then you're you're going to be crap out of luck. But Mike Lennon's playing for a job next year, probably, right? And this Jaguars offense hasn't been abysmal. They've been sneaky close in a couple games for some reason. Don't know what's going on there. So, uh, Pat, I like that pick so much, I might jump on board with you when it comes to Sunday. Yeah, and again, they put up 25 against Houston, 20 against Green Bay, 25 against Cleveland, 24 against Minnesota. So they still have the you know the tendency yeah. to still at least kind of compete on offense, especially with Justin Jefferson. Uh, excuse me, wrong team. I'm thinking of Minnesota. But Dude. especially with guys like DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, I've been able to do. And Robinson, bro. James Robinson, fantasy stud, that guy. Exactly, and Robinson as well. So they've got the weapons to be able to, to hit that over for you. I love it. Great pick by you, Patty. That's Titans and the over on the two team tees or two game t- two uh, two same game tees. What do you call it? 
Same game tease? Yeah, I'd call it a same game teaser. Beautiful. All right, well, I love that pick. I'll move on to my first pick here, and I'm going to uh, a team that I bet against last week. I I seem to have a tendency to do this here where I bet on a team one week, against them the next week, or vice versa, and I'm going back to that well here, and I'm betting on the Houston Texans minus one at the Chicago Bears. I'm sick of it. There was, a, there was a stretch of time where I was betting on the Bears. Now, granted, they may be due for a regression win. I don't know. I'm just betting on Deshaun Watson here at a small number against a team that hasn't won a game, you know, in, in, in weeks, in a long time. It's only minus one, and they're on the road. And I, I kind of just don't care. It looks like a pick em to me, and it looks like a team where I'm picking the Texans. Uh, that offense, obviously, without Will Fuller, they still had a chance to beat Indianapolis last week. They probably could have, should have, would have. Other than a fumbled snap on the goal line, they could have been there. They, uh, you know, were right in the, the whole game against a much better complete team in the Colts. So I'm just riding Texans. I think Deshaun Watson, every time he trots out there, that Houston Texans team plays a certain level of intensity. And uh, with that, you can just trust them to compete against a team like the Bears where they can't score with Deshaun Watson. They just can't do it. Uh, it might be a little closer than I like, but I like Houston a lot to cover this. I'm not thinking too much into it. And uh, with that being said, there's that famous spread from tickets to cash. 10% more cash than tickets on the Texans. That's all I needed to see. Texans minus one at the Bears. Boom. All right, Pete, let's go on to the second pick. The cash cow, the NFC East favorites. We ready. Mm. We ready. Mm. Mm. G-Men, I think they win this game outright, but again, Pete, playing it on the safer side, I'll take my shot with the even odds on the teaser. Give me the G-Men plus eight and a half, and I will also take the over here, the teased over of 39 and a half against the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday at MetLife. I've been, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be said really any any longer. I have been hyping this team up for months now. I've been saying when they were one in seven, Saying, look, the competition, the product on the field is not one and seven worthy. Since then, we know how the story has gone. Four straight wins, favorites to win the NFC East. They've got a big test here, though, Sunday. And something that you mentioned, the line kind of stinks, Pete. And this is a game where smells I terrible. Would be shocked. I would not be shocked if they go out and lose it. Everybody's now on the Giants. I've been on them all, all year. And I'm telling you, this is a game where you got to be careful. And I said it last week on the podcast don't be stunned. If the Giants go out there, even with Daniel Jones, who 99% is going to play on Sunday, if he's not 100% in terms of his effectiveness and running the ball like you mentioned to me, then this Giants offense is not going to be uh, able to operate at, at you know complete efficiency. And you know they haven't been that great on the offensive side all year. It's been the defense that's been saving their bacon. But now we look at Arizona. Kyler Murray, not been good lately. Teams have been taking away his legs. I expect Joe Judge and Patrick Graham, who have been stud geniuses dreaming up uh, and drawing up game plans against the opposing offenses. We obviously saw what they did against Seattle. I expect them to limit Murray. Um, I'm not going to get too caught up in DeAndre Hopkins being a little banged up. If he's on the field, we know how dangerous he can be. Um, So I do expect Arizona to be able to put up offense. But in terms of the defense, uh, this is a defense that, yes, they can call it, they can turn the the ball over they can create the takeaways but they're very vulnerable against the run they give up a lot of a lot of yards on the ground what have the giants done well lately the wayne Wayne train train, baby wayne train gallman has been running the shit out of the ball i expect them to be able to run first establish the offense 
Jones then can attack with Shepard, with Slayton, with Tate, with Austin Mack, with Engram. Granted, he doesn't drop any more passes right into the defense's hands. I know. The offensive line has also gotten better and better and better. Uh, they're rotating guys in there. And again, not much needs to be said about the defense. Uh, obviously, Blake Martinez, big question mark. I do believe he's going to play. Um, and even if he's and even if he won't, I still doesn't think that takes away the fact that the Giants can hit this teaser plus eight and a half over 39 and a half minus 112 odds. Um, if I had to go a step beyond, I would put a little bit on the Giants to win this game. I do think they win again. I think they continue to show out, but I will easily take the teaser. And I will bank on the fact that Giants ain't losing this game by more than a touchdown. I, I definitely don't hate the teaser. I'm a bit surprised that you don't go on the underside of the teaser there because the Giants, if you look at how they've been winning games, it is firmly in the 20s. They have only scored 30 points once this season, and they lost that game. Um, and they, they gave up 30 points twice this season. So they've been lower scoring games on the Giants. We just saw 17-12 with the Seahawks now. Granted, with Daniel Jones, you expect the Giants to score a little more, and you probably don't expect a defense to hold, uh, you know, a team down to twelve two weeks in a row. That's a hard thing to do. So exactly, and even with how bad the Giants' offense has been this year, and even with how good their defense has been, the Giants' games are still averaging forty-one points per game. Right. Uh, that, and you couple the fact that Arizona has given up thirty-eight, twenty-eight, thirty, and thirty-four mm. in four of their last five games. Uh, again, I think there's room for the Giants' offense to have a decent day, and I still think Arizona is good enough to be able to put up 17 to 20 points. So, yep, uh, at least, if not more. And again, you know, even if the Giants lose this game, uh, let's say by a score of, you know, 24 to 17, now that still gets you the cover easily. Right. That still gets you the hit on the teaser. So I'll gladly take that. Plus eight and a half over 39 and a half. All right. I, I mean, I'm not going to say I love that pick because I'd be lying. I, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit – I'm off the Giants this week. More on the plus three side. So that's why your teaser to me sounds good. It sounds enticing, and I probably would consider it. But as a Giants fan, it just, it just feels like a letdown spot to me. They've been so hot. They've won four games in a row now, and everything's feeling really good. They're plus three, dude, like against a team that's pretty much lost four games in a row. I don't think they actually lost four in a row, but they, 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 they won one. They lost five in a row. The Hail Mary to Buffalo, yeah. if that they didn't get that, they've lost exactly. five in a row, but they've lost four of their last five. They won one on the Hail Mary, so they could have, should have, would have lost that one. Um, it, it seems like a possible get-right spot, not because the Giants are bad, just because the Cardinals are due, and it's a perfect situation where now, like you said, you, you laid it out perfectly for me everybody's on the Giants now. Everybody's like, oh, plus three? This team's been better. I'm taking that easy peasy. And then Vegas goes, nah. Like, that's what we wanted you to do. We were begging you to take plus three. So I'm personally staying away as a Giants fan because I want to root for them to win regular. You know what I mean? So I don't like that plus three, minus three. Maybe, you know, if I'm feeling frisky, I'll throw a small shekel on it for funsies. Um, and I'll bet on the Giants in that regard, but I don't feel good about it. I don't like the spread. The number smells terrible to me, and I'm staying away, but I do not mind your teaser set up, set up there. Yeah, and Pete, one last thing I want to throw in, because look, special teams, for the most part, Giants have been great at it this year. Last two, last two weeks, they've been bad, but look, a lot of people won't notice this. Arizona's kicking game has been terrible this year. Zane Gonzalez has cost them. He is out. You know who's kicking for Arizona on Sunday, Pete? Cairo Santos. No, it'll be Mr. Shit. Mike Nugent. No. year old Mike Nugent who hasn't kicked since last year a little bit with New England. He kicked eight field goals last year. He missed three of them. 
Don't be surprised the Giants win this game on a last-second field goal that's missed by Nugent. Wow. Arizona trying to win the game. That Mike Nugent nugget right there is wonderful, Pat. Good for you. I, I, do, I have research, a do I have applause on the, on the dock here? Let's see what I got here. All right, that's enough applause for you. That was good. Though. I, who, who, who are you listening to on podcast? Uh, myself, that's, man. I'm no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the listener. Oh. Who are you listening to, <laughs> listener, who's bringing up the kicking situation in a, in a gambling podcast? Because that might mean a whole damn lot when you come to a three-point spread uh, with a team with already bad kicking numbers this season. Pat, good for you for calling that one out. Um, but without further ado, I'll move on to my next pick. And that one... Eh, Dude, we're talking about frustrating teams on the pod two weeks ago, right? We did a whole podcast. Who are the most frustrating teams in the league? Both of these teams got brought up here, and now they're playing each other. And with that being said, I'm going with the Raiders against the Indianapolis Colts. They're at home. They are plus two and a half at the moment here. And uh, pretty much this is one of those games where the Raiders are they're kind of similar. To the, to the Colts here, and, and the Colts just snuck by the Texans last week. You know, solid defenses. Obviously, the Colts is a little bit better, especially by the numbers. You know, they want to run the ball. They don't want to put too much burden on Rivers or Derek Carr. But Derek Carr can probably do a bit more than Rivers right now. But it's plus two and a half. I really like the fact that the Raiders can get home in Vegas and get right, continue to make a playoff push. They've been frustrating over the past couple weeks. They obviously almost blew it to the Jets. I think when something like that happens to you in your season, you you come back with a vengeance and a different level of focus, and you you look yourself in the mirror and go, God damn, like we almost just lost to the freaking Jets, man, and we got lucky that we didn't. It's time to get serious. It's time to get right. Gruden and the Raiders come out ready to play at home in Vegas, plus two and a half. Another one of the situations where I like the Raiders at plus two and a half. I bet on the Colts last week. I'm going against them this week. Uh, 36% of the tickets, Pat, on the Raiders, 48% of the cash. So almost half the cash for just over a third of the tickets. That means the sharp money's on the Raiders. Um, The Colts have been a team where they look fantastic one week. They can fall back to earth real quick the next week. I like the Raiders running the ball, creating that, um, you know, that game where they're forcing Phil Rivers to to do too much, and uh, that's that's a situation for me where I, I like them to come out on top or keep it very tight. As we know, the Colts tend to keep things tight, uh, especially late in games here. So there we go, Raiders and Derek Carr back in the winning column. I'll probably throw a shekel on the money line too, but I'll take them at plus two and a half. I like that. Uh, actually, I. I... Well, I, I like your analysis because you are convincing. Oh, thank you. I'm going to go head-to-head with you on that one oh. in terms of uh, I'm going to play the Colts on the teaser, but I'll save that for a little bit because I don't want to I don't want to bring down your, you know, your analysis right there because it was good. And, again, it could easily hit. Uh, but I'm going to actually go to probably one of the games that's going to be the most publicly played games this week. That is Mr. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. I might have to have you check the public, uh, the ticket versus cash I got portion it. for that game. Um, go ahead if if you have it right there, right ready to go. Go ahead and let me know what it is. Um, I have a feeling it's very very ticket heavy Tampa Bay. Uh, I imagine so as well, and you are correct. So seventy two percent. This is according to pregame.com. I'm sure there's other sites you can find this. This is just the one I prefer to look at. Uh, but yes, anyway, seventy two percent tickets, seventy four percent cash on the on the buck. So pretty close spread. Nothing to really write home yeah, about everybody's there. Everybody's in on Tommy and Tampa Bay and, yeah, yeah. and, and with good reason. Off a we, bye. Know, 
we know all the numbers off a bye. They believe he's 13 and four against the spread off of a bye. Uh, obviously, that was with New England. We know he's with Tampa Bay. Um, in terms of the matchup, you know, this is also a little bit recency bias, too, because Minnesota should have been beaten by Jacksonville last week. They should have been beaten by Carolina the week before that. And they lost to Dallas two weeks before that. Crazy. So they haven't been good at all. Um, and, and But here's my warning. I would not take this spread straight up. I think Minnesota can backdoor cover this. I would not play the straight up spread. That's why I'm going to tease it. Mm. However, I will let you know I have, right now and here and there, I am going to play the over-under straight up 53. I think these teams blow by that. Oh, I wow. think you see 60, if not 70 points in this game. But ultimately, this is a game that Tampa Bay has to have. I think they've been preparing for the last 12 days for this. I think they're ready to go. They're the, one of the, they're the best team at stopping the run outside of New Orleans this year, only 74 yards allowed per game. So I think they shut down Dalvin Cook and this Minnesota run game early. I think they get up big, and I think they're throwing the ball. But what does Tampa Bay suck at? Stopping the pass. And even though, and even though um, Kirk Cousins isn't a top-tier quarterback, in my opinion, we've seen Goff. We've seen Threes. We've seen quarterbacks that aren't top-tier throw all over this Tampa Bay secondary. They're putrid. They're terrible. The reason they got down big against Kansas City is the reason they lost against L.A. It's the reason they lost against New Orleans. So I think Minnesota, that's where you see the backdoor cover come into effect because they're going to have to play catch-up. I think they get down big early, and I think they have to play catch-up, throwing the ball a ton. And ultimately, I think they do get the backdoor cover. But I think this is a game that you don't have to worry too much about Tampa Bay winning it. I think they have it in control from the start. I think they win it. Uh, you know, looking at Minnesota's offense, um, you know, they basically got everybody ready to go. But again, I, I don't think the defense, which has been terrible already to begin with, is going to be able to stop Tampa Bay. The plentiful amount of weapons they have, the offensive lines back to full health. The defense is basically full health. Uh, you need the def you need the secondary to step up. That being said, again, I think this is a matter of Tom and the offense getting back to the offense that everybody was starstruck by three weeks ago. So give me Tampa Bay minus one and a half, mm. over forty six and a half, minus one twelve odds. And again, I'll play the over under straight up on this one, but I would stay away from the seven or seven and a half point spread because I do think Minnesota can backdoor cover this. Got I got you. All I'm all in on your analysis there. I have one follow up question. Go ahead. Does that mean I'm starting Kirk Cousins in my fantasy playoffs this week? Because <laughs> I'm a well, I mean I'm a streamer. I stream my quarterback. I ch I've played. Actually, I did the calculation because I was so pissed off at my league. By the way. Huge vent session impending next podcast. I'm not going to do it on the picks right now. But basically, all the non-playoff teams, all whatever, six of them, because it's six made the playoffs, six didn't, they owned like 13 quarterbacks, dude. No wonder you're not in the playoffs. You have Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers on the same fantasy team. You can only play one quarterback. What's the point? What's the point, Pat? You're missing out on all these other opportunities and all the other guys you need to win fantasy. And now... Me, a QB streamer, a smart fantasy player over here, played eight different quarterbacks in 13 weeks, and I made the playoffs with ease, and now I go to the wire, and the best one available is Andy Dalton. Yeah, no, I would honestly, I would start Cousins. You look at this Tampa Bay pass defense, they're 10th worst to begin with. Over the last couple of weeks, they're amidst the worst five. Look what Mahomes did against them last week. 462 Ooh. yards, three touchdowns, and Goff did the exact same thing to them uh, the week before. When you look at what he did, God damn. I'm pulling up the numbers right now. Jared Goff went off. Jared Goff went off. How about that? How about 376 it? yards, three touchdowns. He did throw two picks, but Tampa Bay hasn't been able to team that's been able to take 
the ball away a lot this year. They do get a lot of sacks. But again, that being said, I think this is a spot where Minnesota is playing catch up. Yeah. And, and, and not to get too fantasy-centric here, but I've been a big on playing Kirk. I've played Kirk Cousins like three different times this year in fantasy in this league in particular, and he's gone over 20 every time because he at home has been a lock for 20 points in fantasy. But the idea of him playing catch-up really, really excites me in regards to fantasy and also with the backdoor cover. So I I, I like the analysis a lot. Though my, my Andy Dalton, Dalton Schultz stack is may, is still in play. It's still in play. <laughs> and hey, catch up or not, again, this Tampa Bay secondary has been terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've seen uh, Sean Murphy bunting get cooked. I mean, Jesus, we saw Jamel Dean get cooked all over the field by Tyreek Hill two weeks ago. Carlton Davis isn't any stud at the cornerback position. And Winfield and Whitehead, again, they've been getting beat over the top time and time again this year, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't think the bye week is enough for Tampa Bay's defense to get completely right. That's where I think you see the offense get right. And again, I think there's just a ton of points in this game. Uh, it could be a shootout. I think overall, if I had to give you a final score, I'd say somewhere in the realm of 38 to 32, oh, yeah. 38, 34, Tampa Bay wins it. I like it. I like the pick, Patty. Uh, and I see some gritties in Justin Jefferson's future is, is what I'm thinking too. Um, all right, on to my next pick. I'm going to, uh, <laughs> I'm just betting on all the teams that are like the most frustrating teams to bet on this this, <laughs> this week. But it feels right. It feels like I'm going to come out on top. Honestly, it really does. So, what happened last week? The Chargers got absolutely freaking embarrassed against the Patriots. 45 to nothing, right? And that was a week where I was on the Patriots, and who knew it was going to be that easy of a win, right? I took the Patriots plus one. I could have laid 42 and still won. Um, That obviously doesn't happen more than once in a row. This week, we have the Chargers at home in L.A. against the other team in the league who loves to find new ways to lose all the time. The Chargers are minus one and a half against the Falcons at home. You get embarrassed, 45 nothing. there's two things that happen. You roll over or you come back hot. And I think Justin Herbert, being the young, you know, gunslinging quarterback that he is against this Falcons defense, which has been a bit better lately. Can't, can't deny that. It has been a bit better lately. Doesn't matter. I think the Chargers finally get back in the win column. They only have three for all the hype they've gotten for Herbert this year, for their offense being fun, for their defense being talented. They haven't won many games. I think this is a week where they can come out with a win for as frisky as the Falcons have looked, you know, maybe every other week for the past couple because they've they've had some weird ones. They're just they're just not a team that I trust to come out and win as a road underdog. I think the Chargers can can cover one and a half. I think a relatively close game, but I like the Chargers by a touchdown or so. I just think they're a little bit better in all facets of the game. Despite the coaching issues for Anthony Lynn and being able to com- to finish victories, obviously that's frustrating. I just think you're getting a much more talented team here with not a big coaching disparity like we saw with the Belichick situation last week. I like the Chargers minus one and a half. After an embarrassing loss, you come out with some vengeance and some focus. Like that, and I'll, I'll have more. I'll have more for that game later. By the way, my last pick. Yeah, and, and Pete, I'm gonna go with the quick pick of the week here to save uh, in case any folks uh, are listening and scrambling here in the last couple minutes. They want us to get through it, so I'll give you the quick pick of the week. Not much analysis needed behind this. Seattle minus eight and over 41 and a half against the Jets minus 120 odds. Look, I'm probably gonna take the Seattle spread straight up here. I think they annihilate the Jets. Uh, the spread right now, it's going up pretty quickly. I saw it at 13 for most of the week. Now I'm seeing 14 and a half, even 15. Look, I think this is a game where Seattle takes out all their frustration on the Jets. And, you know, not just because they're the Jets. 
But because they're the Jets now that are most likely going to be missing Frank Gore, they're, mo- they're out with Denzel Mims. He had a family emergency. Pretty good chance Jamison Crowder doesn't play. You've got two linemen out. You've got a defensive secondary that is the worst in the NFL. Oh, my gosh. And, again, a Seattle team that desperately needs to get the offense going. I think they run it up on New York. And even then, that being said, I'm taking the over because I still think there's some room for the Jets, even the Jets, yes, the Jets, to score some points in this game, uh, given that Seattle's defense at times has been so bad this year. And even then, again, Seattle minus eight, over 41 and a half. This is a very similar spot to the play I took a couple of weeks ago, Pete, when I teased Kansas City. I teased them down to I believe it was 13 and a half and I only needed more than like 38 points and they beat them 35 nine so basically I think Seattle could put up 35 to if not 40 or more they might cover this on their own but I still think the Jets can put up seven maybe 10 points here if they're lucky in some garbage time either way very comfortable Seattle minus eight over 41 and a half at minus 120 odds betting against the Jets have been has been very profitable this year right is not not much more analysis needed unless you're a big like regression guy which I I, I I can get behind some regression for sure like I, I definitely think about that stuff it's like oh this stat this particular spread in this situation is 18 and0 this season like okay that seems like it's probably gonna flip at some point right like do you just want to bet it blindly at this point like probably not the smartest thing to do but with the Jets being that bad and that injured right now it seems like you can do it kind of blind at this point so I, I like where your head's at there uh was that your fourth pick though or fifth that was my fourth. I still okay. got one left. That's what I thought. That's that's I thought you, you threw me off for a second with the quick pick situation there. Um, but yes, here we go. All right, and also I forgot to mention something on my Chargers pick. Just because I've been going with this trend this week in particular, I found games that I like, and then I checked this whole cash ticket thing. And uh, this is another situation: fifty-seven percent of tickets on the Chargers, seventy-two percent of cash. So even big. That's the biggest spread I got. Of, of cash to tickets right there. So that makes me feel a little bit better about the Chargers as well. Um, and my last one, and this this fourth pick here for me, it's, it's kind of tough because this was a game I targeted over a week ago because I did not expect the Washington football team to beat the Steelers. And I was saying... The, the, I did bet them to cover the spread, so that worked out for me either way, but I didn't expect them to win. I expected the Steelers to be coming into this game undefeated, and the Bills, who I think are just a better team right now, beat the Steelers for the first time this year. Well, the Steelers ruined that idea, but I'm sticking to it. Now, the spread has moved a good bit. It's moved four and a half points, Pat. It started at two and a half uh, in favor of the Steelers, and now it's flipped all the way to now Bills minus two is what I'm seeing here. Doesn't bother me on the spread. I just like it. I, I, I've i been off the Steelers' scent for like six weeks now. I have not really been impressed by one game they've played outside of their defense. Their defense is getting banged up. They're a team that has now come out on top of a lot of games, but they haven't convincingly won or had any of their units look that incredible. Now um, Bud Dupree is also out. I think if Josh Allen and this offense can score similarly to how they have all season, I, I don't think the Steelers can keep up. And that's where I'm at with the Steelers team right now. I don't think they can keep up with a good offense. And the Bills is one of the best, most dynamic offenses in the league, despite not knowing who their running back is. And uh, making that big bonehead play last week in their, um, in the Zach Moss fumble, whatever. It doesn't matter. This team puts up points. Diggs, uh, Josh Allen. There's not much more. Now they're getting Dawson Knox involved, by the way, too, Patty. Not much more you need to say. Plus, 
the Steelers just cannot get a run game going. Doesn't matter if it's James Conner or Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland. It doesn't matter. Deontay Johnson, pass drop issues. Eric Ebron, pass drop issues. Defense for the Steelers, banged up. What what are we liking about this 11-1 team? I don't know. It feels too obvious at this point, Pat. It feels way too obvious. It feels like it's going to bite me in the butt and the Steelers find a way to win. But I don't care. I liked this game two weeks ago. I'm sticking with it. Bills minus two. I think they could win by 14. I think they can blow out the Steelers right now, Pat. I I seriously think I'm I'm looking I'm gonna look on on the the sportsbook apps over here I'm looking for an alt spread and I'm trying to find them at like minus seven and a half at like plus two hundred or something like that and lay it in there I think if if the Bills put up thirty five I don't think the Steelers can score more than twenty one or twenty four right now Chase Claypool hasn't gone off in a long time Juju's been you know he looks like he disappears sometimes from games and then he all of a sudden he goes off Johnson's got issues James Washington's good for one play a game. I'm not impressed by the Steelers one bit. And sorry to my aunt who lives in Pittsburgh. She's a big Steelers fan. Yeah, no, hey, Pete, I'm right there with you, man. Again, I think Buffalo's been underrated for the majority of this year. That's a team losing on that Hail Mary to Arizona. They should be, what, 10-1? and one? They should be right up there with, the, the you know, regarded as one of the best teams in the NFL. I think the offense is unbelievable. I think Josh Allen is a legitimate MVP candidate, uh, obviously more so than Russell Wilson. Um, Quick <laughs> shade. Thank all- you, thank you. Well, hey, hey again, I cashed out. I cashed out. There you go, man. You cash out. I just know there are there is an overwhelming amount of people out there that still think, hey, man, Ross is you know Ross is one of the best quarterbacks, even though the numbers. <laughs> numbers I want to hear somebody. I want to hear somebody who has a podcast with that voice. Maybe we should do a, a whole pod in that voice. Hey, man, I really think that the you just know the uh, troll voices. The Steelers, you know, they may not be uh, super impressive, but uh, they they know how to win. They know how to win. Well, Pete, I, I'm going to tell you what I think could most likely happen. Everything is pointing to, towards Buffalo should be able to win that game. And yes, they should maybe be able to win by a touchdown. I have a feeling we're going to, I'm going to crush, we're going to crush all of our one and 4 PM slate games and it's going to come to Sunday night. And I'm going to be like, so overhyped with confidence that I'm going to take like half of what I've won on the day. And I'm going to be like, dude, I'm throwing it on Buffalo and we're going to uh, keep it going. That's Buffalo's going to screw the ball. That's never a good sign. That's why I'm not taking this game. I do. Uh, hey, again, and, if I'm picking somebody, I'm picking Buffalo to but, win that game. Basically, and let me just add to this why I picked them. It, it's a game that I targeted over a week ago. That if, you know, if the football team didn't beat the Steelers last week, I think it doesn't feel like as much of a, as like an easy, like too easy of a take. You know what I mean? Like if the Steelers didn't already lose their first game of the year, it wouldn't be so easy for it to say like, oh, the Bills are going to beat them too. You know what I mean? Like it would be still more a little bit like, oh, the Steelers, they find a way. They they got the magic this year, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But now that they actually lost, it's like, oh, you know, they are actually not that impressive. Like they could lose to anybody, like whatever. Steelers 11-1, who cares? So it's like, oh, the Bills, obviously that's a good pick. So that what that's what makes me nervous. But because I've been on this game for over a week, I actually did lock this game in. For like ten bucks, just because one day I was just looking at it, I put ten bucks on the Bills before they even played the football team last week, uh, which was a good thing for me. I should have put more money because it would have been a better spread. But you know, I just I just feel like I had to, and plus there wasn't another game that I really loved, so I would I just went with it. I said heck them. That was my one heck to give on that game. There you go. All right, so Pete, I, I did I did forewarn the audience and you that I would be on the other side of this Vegas Indianapolis game. Uh, it's a spot where, again, we both have a chance to win, though, because it is a teaser. I'm going Colts plus four and a half, and I'm taking over 45 and a half at minus 113 odds with the Colts and the Raiders. I think the Colts win this game. 
Um, and uh, again, Pete, you know, I'm kind of in the opposite mindset with the whole Raiders barely beating the Jets and it's like a wake-up call. I just think they're not a great team. And I think the last couple of weeks, I think outside of playing the Chiefs well both times because they stylistically match up well with them, they've been a mediocre team this year. Uh, they gave up 35 to Kansas City, 43 to Atlanta, and 28 to the Jets in a game we all know that if the sacrificial lamb, Greg Williams, doesn't call the all-out cover zero blitz, they lose that game. And what would we be thinking about them then if they happen to just – if it's an L instead of a W, given the fact that they still played so poorly? This is a team whose secondary is very bad. Uh, they could be banged up again. Jonathan Abram, questionable. Jeff Heath, the free safety, is already out. Um, they've been missing some guys on the front seven. And the big question mark is Josh Jacobs. Now, he could play. He might not play. He is truly a giant question mark for that game. If he doesn't play, and you're listening to this at Sunday around 12 o'clock, I would hammer Indianapolis. That being said, Colts also still with some big question marks. Um, I still I think this is a game that suits them well. They could be able to dink and dine themselves all the way down the field at will against the Raiders. Uh, we've seen Phillip Rivers be able to do that even with the, you know, quote-unquote noodle arm that he has. Um, and also a big boost that it does look like their star lineman, Anthony Costanzo, is looking like he's going to play at the moment. Again, another question mark, though. However, on the defensive side, you know, we saw them get ripped to shreds a couple of weeks ago against Tennessee, and people forget there was no DeForest Buckner, there was no Danico Autry, there was no Bobby Okariki. Two of those three okay, are we? back. <laughs> Two of those three, if not all three, are back. Buckner, Autry, absolutely playing. Okariki is a question mark, but they're saying, like, it's got a good shot to play. And, again, that secondary has been rock solid. Indianapolis's defense has been rock solid. I think this is a game where they go on the road, they smother Vegas, they win this game. They do cover the spread, but again, Pete, I hope we both can able are able to win this one. So I'm going to tease them. Colts plus four and a half, over 45 and a half, minus 113 odds. You know what? Uh, now, now, now I'm questioning. Now don't I'm questioning. Let, don't, let me, don't let me question you, man. You're five and zero oh last. Hey, year. now that's a good point. I'm five and zero. Oh. Go. I'm five stick and zero, oh, baby. Hey, stick to your guns. <laughs> and again, know well, that we can both win this. That is that's a good point. And also, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs is obviously like a really, really awesome player. He's a top back in the league, right? But in reality, what especially when it comes to gambling, position players, like singular position players, just don't move a Vegas line that much. They don't. No. The Raiders running the ball successfully has much more to do with scheme and offensive line than Josh Jacobs. And it sucks to say that because Josh Jacobs is the guy we know. It's the guy we like. It's the guy who jersey people buy or a person you bought, you get on your fantasy team, right? But if Devontae Booker is in there and, and the scheme works, it doesn't really matter, right? Devontae Booker can still have a nice game, basically, is my point. So I'm, I'm not moved off it too bad by your analysis, even though I do think it's strong. Um, I just, I, I'm going a little bit against the grain here because I think the Colts are in that same realm as the Raiders where they can look great and then they can look terrible. And what happens when these two types of teams meet? I don't know, but the Colts just snuck by a Texans team last week. I don't know what their confidence is like. And I think the Ra Raiders have what it takes to, uh, to put, to put together one of these performances where they make it a lot tighter than it should be probably. Um, anyways, here's my last pick. And uh, as I've been doing over the past couple of weeks, I'm finishing my fifth pick with a three-team, 10-point teaser. And uh, this one feels pretty good, honestly. They all feel pretty good. That's why they're teasers, right? But here we go. Hey, 
Tennessee Titans plus three is what I'm seeing on my site right now. Um, some places is seven and a half, which would put you to two and a half. In a teaser, doesn't matter a, a ton, right? Because in a teaser, if you tie, you usually lose anyway. So Tennessee at Jacksonville plus three. Even if Jacksonville has one of these weird games where they're too competitive or more competitive than they should be, Tennessee comes back and wins or just holds on last second. You're getting three anyway in case they do blow it somehow and uh, lose on a field goal, you know, and, and it wasn't tied right before that happened. So you get plus three Titans at Jacksonville. That one feels really good. Then I'm going to a game that is an absolute stinker, that is ugly, but with the 10-point teaser, you get seven points for the Dallas Cowboys at Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati backup quarterback, Joe Mixon most likely not playing at this point in time still. You know, their receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, pretty good, but who cares who's throwing them the ball? It doesn't matter. The only reason they had a big play um, or some some points on the board last week is because Tyler Boyd broke a two-yard pass for 70 and scored a touchdown. Then he got ejected. I don't trust the Bengals. I trust the Cowboys plus seven. If the Bengals do win, it's a stinker, tight, ugly game where that seven points comes in clutch and you feel good about that teaser there. And my last part of the three-team teaser here is the over... 38 and a half, over 38 and a half, Falcons at Chargers. Um, yes, the Falcons' offense has been weirdly uh, up and down, even though that's usually the steady thing for them with their defense being the trash part. You know, they only had 16 points last week. 16 points can get you there if the Chargers put up 24, 27. So that doesn't really matter. And also, the Falcons put up 43 just two weeks ago. And the Chargers, we know what they can do on offense. We know they just put up zero. That's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen two times in a row. I don't see a Falcons versus the Raiders situation where they get held to six points. I think Herbert does not get held down by this Falcons defense. 38 and a half. I mean, literally, come on. We need 24, 20. What do you want? It doesn't matter. 38 and a half is a low enough number for me with these two teams to put some numbers on the board. So that's Titans plus three at Jacksonville, Cowboys plus seven at Bengals, and Falcons Chargers over 38 and a half. Book it. Those are the picks. Boom. And Pete, just one last thing, too, because I was trying to find it when I was giving up my indie play. Uh, one thing I was looking for, who would you say is the number one weapon for the Vegas Raiders? Um, Nelson Aguilar. No, Darren Waller, obviously. But. Uh, yes, Darren Waller. Tight ends against the Colts this year have caught an average of 32 yards per game. Yeah, well, And the Colts me... defense, oh, hold on, Colts defense has allowed just one singular touchdown against tight ends. This season. That, w- that would matter. I actually thought about that um, when I was listening to my, my buddies, the Rutz boys, run up the, fan- run up the score fantasy football podcast. Uh, I was just thinking about tight ends as they were talking through it, and I thought about Darren Waller, how he's been insane, and it uh, doesn't matter because my guy's basically a receiver. So I'm taking that stat, Pat, and I'm punting it off my balcony and saying Darren Waller does not apply to your silly little tight end stats. You're going to wipe your ass with it, huh? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm, and now I'm going to chuck my mic off the balcony too because I need to put it in my car as I'm moving tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) uh, It's been a busy week for me. A little bit different, a little later on Saturday evening than me and Pat would like to get the pod out. Like I said, I'm in the middle of a move. A lot of trips on uh, Route 95, 295. Those Jersey highways, man. What the hell? Can we get some names? Why do they get. You go on 95 and you just go straight. All of a sudden, you're on 295. What? And then I go. Island. You and live then on I. Island. Don't come in here and disrespect Jersey. Hey, the Staten Island highways are easy. You got the Staten Island Expressway. You got the West Shore Expressway. 
And you got the Korean War Expressway or the Richmond Parkway. That's it. It's simple. The Martin Luther King, they got names. They don't got numbers. In Jersey, I'm down by the shore by where my girlfriend lives. You go on Route 34, and you can make one turn onto Route 35. Tell me that's not confusing BS right there. <laughs> what is that about? It took me two years, Pat, to know which one was 34 and 35. Okay, Unbelievable. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, but... Still, I mean, uh, what, what do you got in Staten Island other than the mall? Nothing. I'm not talking about, you know, you we got, got the Staten and, Island and plus, you don't even got the Staten Island Yankees anymore. They're done. They're on, to, on top of uh, me me bragging about how our highways are named, we have terrible traffic, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, hey, if you're in Princeton and you play basketball around the area, let me know where you play. I'm looking for a spot to hoop. That's all I got. Uh, Pat Boyle, Pete Kennedy. Subway Sports Talk, Pete and Pat Picks Podcast, coming off a 9-1 week. Looking to get better, because we can still get better, Pat. Imagine we go 10-0, that'd be pretty cool. But that's all we got. Any last words, Pat? Just a shout-out. Daddy's home. Desco, what's going on, buddy? Dad. I know he's been a big listener lately, so. He has been on the scent of Pat Boyle's picks. Has he, has he let to, you I know? Talking to, no, just. Because um, he, he let me know. The, with the one week with the shave in the head, and I was talking with uh, AC Slater about about some Desco the other day. So but I, I don't know. Dave Dave Rondesco has found his way into my life like a couple times the last few weeks. So Desk, if you hung on to the end, what's going on, man? And that's and speaking of me moving, he's like my new neighbor now. We live like five minutes away from each other. Oh yeah, he's he's been living down in Princeton basically since college, right? How about it? Full circle on Subway Sports Talk. That's all we got. Thanks for listening. Make some money, win those picks. If you listen to us, hopefully we all win together because me and Pat don't just come out here and spew these picks out of our mouth. They fly out of our pockets as well. So let's ride together. Football Sunday again. Basketball starts in like 10 days, baby. 10 days for basketball. Very exciting. Basketball podcast to come this week. Of course, football recaps to come. But right now, that's all we got. Subway Sports Talk, baby. Cheers.